This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the program. My name is Mike Flick. I'm the pastor of Bible Baptist Church. And I would like to preach to you for a few minutes out of Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 3. The Bible says here, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now, whether you know it or not, biblically speaking, one day in the very near future, the world is actually going to achieve uh, complete unity. There is going to be a one world government. It will be supported by a one world religion. Everything under the authority of, of the Antichrist. And the world will have a sense of unity. Let, let's call it what it is. It will be unity. They will unify, but around the wrong thing. We see this all the way back in the book of Genesis, chapter 11. You remember when they built the Tower of Babel, the world was as one. All the people got together. They united, but they united without God. And that's what's going to happen one day with the Antichrist. The world will unite. Now let's make uh, no mistake here. Unity is incredibly important. But we have to make sure that we have the right kind of unity. And that's what I want to talk about in verse number 3. There are three things in the verse I think that are, are key to understanding this topic of biblical unity, specifically when we're discussing the, the body of Christ. I'm talking to uh, believers today. We are expected to have unity within the body of Christ and this verse is going to help us achieve that. So the first thing I want you to see is, and it's actually the first word in the verse, endeavoring to keep the unity. Uh, friend, this kind of unity that God wants us to have with each other takes some effort. When we talk about endeavoring, we're talking about undertaking a massive project. You have to put in some serious effort. And I'll tell you why. The flesh... And when I say the flesh, I'm talking about our sinful natures, just humanity. We are not inclined to get along. We are inclined to pick on each other. We are inclined to bite and devour one another. And Paul told the Galatians in Galatians chapter 5, if you bite and devour one another, be careful that you're not consumed one of another. You know what's going to end up happening? You, you, you look, you spend so much time, we spend so much time looking for faults in each other, looking for reasons not to get along. You're going to end up completely destroying yourselves and you're not going to be able to get along with anybody. Achieving unity takes work. In Ephesians chapter 4, the verse before this, in verse number 2, Paul says, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, and then he goes into verse 3, endeavoring to keep. If you are going to achieve the right kind of unity within the body of Christ, within your local church, within your home, you're going to have to have some humility. You're going to have to have some patience. You're going to have to be able to put up with each other. You're going to have to properly love one another. Now the second thing I want to say in verse number 3, it says endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. So let's talk now about a specific kind of unity. I talked earlier about how the world is going to unite and how they do it without God. 
But this verse says the unity of the Spirit. There is a specific kind of unity that is worth working for. Now the unity of the Spirit is further explained in verse number 13. In verse 13 it says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The work of the Holy Spirit is to teach us more and more about the Lord Jesus Christ and about truth in general. The things that we as New Testament believers ought to believe, that is the faith. The Holy Spirit seeks to unite us around those things. Too many times churches are trying to achieve unity through ignorance rather than actually talking about Issues that are sometimes uh, a bit divisive. Sometimes not uh, everybody agrees on them. Let's talk about them. Let, it, this is where the endeavoring comes in. Right? You've got to make an effort. Let's work through the differences. Let's, let's put in the necessary time and, and effort to go through the Scriptures on these issues so that we can come to a solid and unified position This is what the Bible says about this topic. We don't want to be led about by our feelings, by our emotions. We want to be led by the Scripture. You know, the old saying is you've got to deal with the elephant in the room. I mean, when we talk about an elephant in the room, we're talking about issues, you know, big issues that we, we know there's a disagreement, but we just ignore it and we just leave the elephant there in the room. Can you imagine if it was a real elephant? Guys, it would destroy everything in the room you got to deal with the elephant in the room. A a unity that is achieved through ignorance, a unity achieved by leaving the elephant in the room, will quickly destroy the room. Eventually, that issue is going to become bigger than the room. You've got to deal with it. You've got to deal with it. How do you deal with it? With some humility, with some long-suffering. You've got to pull out your Bibles and do some work and, and find the truth on those issues. You understand when we, when we address our differences, there are some differences that is, it is literally a difference of opinion because the Bible doesn't have a black and white verse on that topic. And, and when we find those kind of issues, we call them gray areas, we need to just acknowledge this is a gray area. You're welcome to have your position. I'm welcome to have mine. But there are other topics where we, it's not gray, it's black and white. There's a white page with black letters on it. There is a Bible verse that tells us what to believe and how to practice certain things. And we have to be mature enough to acknowledge when we've had it wrong, when we believed or practiced something incorrectly, and say, you know what, the Holy Spirit has now shown me where I'm wrong. I'm sorry that I've had it wrong let me now get on the right page. Let me, let me adjust my life, my heart, my belief system, my mind. I want to come in line with the Holy Spirit. And when a person submits to the Holy Ghost in such a way, you know where they're going to end up? They're going to end up in that place called truth. That's the kind of unity that the Lord desires to see within the body of Christ. Not a unity that comes about by ignorance, but an informed unity not an ignorant unity an informed unity and then lastly i want to talk about the bond of peace there at the end of the verse it says endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond 
of peace. A bond is something that holds you together. What holds us together? The bond is peace. All right, where does this peace come from? In Colossians chapter 3, Paul, who's dealing with pretty much the same topic that, that we're reading about in Ephesians 4, in Colossians 3 verse 15, it says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. The bond of peace that's going to help us keep the unity of the Spirit, it starts with God. It starts with you recognizing that God is not my enemy. The peace of God should rule in your heart. I know that the moment I received the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, I went from being God's enemy to being God's child. I'm not the opposition anymore. I have been reconciled to God. Unity has been established between me and the Lord because my sins were washed away. And now the peace of God rules in my heart. I know that whenever he comes to me and says, Mike, there are some issues we need to discuss. He's not my enemy. He's not telling me these things because he's against me. He's trying to help me. I want to have the same approach to my brethren that God has to me. And what approach is that? You're not my enemy. I'm not your enemy. I don't preach these things on the radio just to stir up problems and cause divisions. I don't teach in my Bible Institute or preach in my church just so that, hey, now you know that our church is right and those churches are wrong and now let's go fight. That's not the point at all. If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you're saved. You are my brother. You are my sister. You have peace with God. Your sins have been removed. You've been reconciled. This means God is working in your heart to conform you to the image of Jesus Christ. God is doing the same thing in me. You know what this allows me to do? This allows me to look at you and go, hmm, if God's still working on you, and God's still working on me, then we need to be patient with each other because I'm not looking at the finished product. I know that there are still some rough edges God is trying to work out of my life, and the same is going to be true of you. And listen, if God's not my enemy, He's on my side. If, if God be for us, right, who can be against? He, God is not against us. He's for us. You know what this means? I am not against you. You shouldn't be against me. We should be for each other. Even when we see things that we don't like in each other. Friend, unity within the body of Christ is achievable. We have to make an effort. We have to do it the way the Holy Spirit shows us to do it. And the source of our unity is going to be this peace that God has already established between He and us. That same peace now rules in our hearts and we should have that peace one with another. I hope this has helped, and if you need more information about biblical unity, please feel free to contact us. You can find our details on our website, bbcpotch.com. You're also welcome to follow our YouTube channel, Bible Baptist Potch. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.